Leaving the garden so soon? Don't you want to explore more of the grounds? There's still so much to see. All right, if you insist. Composition, 1959, Chu Tae Chan, Oil on Canvas. A master of abstraction, Chu Tae Chun infused a poetic lyricism into all of his work. Known for blending traditional Chinese and Western art styles, the result is a fluidity that speaks to the blending of techniques and cultural and artistic traditions. As such, his works possess a kinetic energy, a vibrancy that is palpable even in paintings such as this one, which exclusively features a muted color palette of black, white, and shades of gray. His formal calligraphy training is also apparent here in the deliberateness and variety in the brushstrokes, precise even in the abstract world created on the canvas. It is this precision, perhaps, that evokes such strong imagery out of a fluid, shifting image. The background is a wash of different grays, with black and white figures emerging from the gloom in varying levels of definition. The pitch-black figures are sometimes barely discernible against their dark gray surroundings, particularly at a distance, the full extent of their shape and form only revealed upon close examination. The deliberately crafted shadows of this work hide many secrets. But then, such is true of all shadows, fabricated and otherwise. But the most pronounced of all the figures in this painting, and the one that takes up the most real estate on the canvas, is the large white shape on the right-hand side of the image. Modern viewers of this painting say that they are most commonly reminded of that now-classic Halloween mask of an elongated, ghoulish white face whose mouth gapes wide in a terrible scream. A scream inspired by a painting which you have already seen on your tour here. Perhaps Chu took inspiration from that particular scream, perhaps not. But the resemblance is unmistakable whether intended or no. What looks to be a ghostly white face, with hollow eyes and a dark, gaping maw elongated into what is easy to imagine, is a howl, a roar, a deep, guttural cry for something beyond words that speaks perhaps to a hunger without coherent expression, a hunger beyond time or comprehension, a hunger within that dark void that would swallow you whole if only you'd let it, if only you'd step closer, closer, closer to examine it, to see what secrets abide within the shadows there.
This has been a word from our sponsor. Letter from Annabelle Godfrey to Letitia Handford, 1940. Ink on paper. Per Annabelle Godfrey's wishes, the following missive, along with many others, was made available for public view here at the estate after both her passing in 1976 and Hanford's death a few years later in 1980. Let visitors know something of the woman behind the gilded name at the entrance, she wrote in her will. Let them know something of me and those I loved when we are no longer here to tell them ourselves. This letter is one of many correspondences between Annabelle and Hanford regarding the latter's designs for the expansion of the topiary garden. You will see Hanford's finished designs just next to this letter which resemble the end result almost exactly. Annabelle's florid handwriting was and is notoriously difficult to decipher. As such, the following is a reading of the letter's full text. My darling Tish, your most recent sketches are just marvelous, truly stunning if I say so myself. And I do. And to think that you hesitated to take on the project at first. So much fussing over the change in medium but I am terribly glad of your change of heart. I credit my many reminders to you that, should you make a mistake in sculpting a topiary, not that you ever make mistakes in your work, mind you, it'll simply grow out eventually. A growing plant seems a more forgiving material than stone, I dare say. At least I imagine it to be so. But you are the artist and I am not, so really what do I know? But in all seriousness, thank you for taking up the mantle on this project. That particular part of the grounds has always felt unfinished to me. I know I'm probably the only person who thinks so. At a glance, to anyone who didn't know, to any one of the thousands of visitors who stroll through those towering, geometrically pruned topiaries, I know it seems to them a perfectly fine garden. But to me, I only see the expansion that Hugh spoke of, but never created. He never told me details of what he imagined for it. I never knew what his vision was for the next array of figures that he wished to summon out of those trees. Only that he had a vision for it. I think it's fitting that you fill the creative space that he could not. I think you would have liked him. It pains me that the two of you never met. I know you were not amorously inclined to the male persuasion, and thus he never would have had the good fortune of calling you a partner like Jasmine and myself do. But I rather think you would have been good friends. Or could have been, anyway. If nothing else, you two could have commiserated over being the perpetual voice of reason to your free-spirited partners, i.e. my flights of fancy. I thought I saw him the other evening, you know. It was late, and I was wandering about the estate, unable to sleep. You know me, my mind racing a thousand miles a minute. And as I walked, I thought I saw a figure out of the corner of my eye. A shadow within a shadow. And I thought for the briefest of moments that the figure seemed so familiar. But then I blinked and he or it or they were gone. So too were the shadows I thought I'd seen, driven back by the light of a lamppost, golden beams shining through a sphere of frosted glass. 
But look at me talking about phantasms and apparitions when all I meant to write was praise for your work. And I know what you're thinking, I shouldn't walk alone here after nightfall, but as I've told you before, the darkness holds no fear for me, Tish. Not for myself, at any rate. Alas, the day is getting on, and I must oversee the arrival of some new accession items for the collection. As always, I eagerly await your return to me and the estate. All my love, your Annabelle. Thank you for listening to the Godfrey Audio Guide. This episode was written and produced by Nicole Knudsen, with sound design and editing by James Ferrero, and featured performances by Nicole Knudsen and James Ferrero. It was produced on unceded Tongva, Chumash, and Keech territory. Enjoying your trip to the estate? Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And consider telling a friend about us, or two, or three, or everyone you know. To keep up with The Godfrey, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Godfrey Guide, or visit our website, thegodfreyaudioguide.com. For Godfrey merchandise, visit our online store, thegodfreyaudioguide.threadless.com. And finally, if you're interested in becoming a sustaining member of the show, make sure to visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thegodfreyaudioguide. In addition to our various membership tiers, you'll also find full episode transcripts available as public posts for any who wish to read them. Until next time, friends, see you back at the museum. Paris, 1699, a time of civil unrest, non-hair-related salons, and the most innovative stage magic ever seen in a union house. You know, I don't know if you can tell, but the excitement is palpable out there. Historically, no one's seen anything like this. In 1699, I mean. That is, until it wasn't. God damn it, I don't want to die! I have a reservation tonight! Which brings us to now. Berlin, 1933. A time of more civil unrest, artistic pretensions, and rising evil. Where a self-involved set designer... You see these? These are Lamarck's own original notes on the vanishing box. My most prized possessions in the world. An American con man. I'll even lend you the cape. You have a cape? I have a sheet. And a mysterious scientist. Where was it you said you went again? You can't speak its name. Ignore their history in pursuit of the mystery behind... The Vanishing Box. 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 The Vanishing Act. A rambling absurdity in 12 parts. Coming this summer. The show's about Lamarck's Vanishing Box. I remade Lamarck's Vanishing Box. Nothing could go wrong. All right? All right, punch it. <laughs>